City Image. What is up, ladies and gentlemen? You are now listening to the City Image Podcast. Glad to, glad to be back with you guys again for another episode. It is Bryant, the Theological Giant, and I have my friends in the building. Let them know who you are. It is Young Nassau County. Brother, good to see you again. How you doing? How's life treating you? Hanging in there, man. Hanging in there. That's good. That's good. That's good. Around the table, we got... Varlene the Wild Thornberry. Varlene the Wild Thornberry. Back to us. She's a regular now. <laughs> yeah. Y'all getting used to the sound of her voice. Bringing that energy. What up? What up? What up? Yo, but well, we got a fourth person. Oh, hey, y'all. Hey. <laughs> it's Florida. That's the principal, a.k.a. the woman with principal. What's hey, up? Hey, she got like her own tagline. <laughs> I need like Brian the Theological Giant, a.k.a. the Theological. Nah, I need something like extra with it now because she took it to another level. But glad to be with you guys again, man. I hope you guys are having a blessed uh, season. We're entering into that Thanksgiving season, Christmas season. Um, lots to be thinking about, thankful for. Um, so praying God be with you guys. We got a very dope episode lined up. We're going to be talking about the ever interesting realm of dating and relationships. Uh, what sparked <laughs> this is Joshua Harris. Uh, don't know if you guys are familiar with him, but he is a Christian author who came to fame very young in his life, in his early 20s. He wrote a best-selling book, I Kissed Dating Goodbye. And recently he put out a statement recanting the book, totally uh, disavowing it, and not, not necessarily disagreeing with everything he wrote, but basically coming to the conclusion that he no longer agree with his central tenet. And so that kind of triggered our discussion today as we're going to be kind of discussing was he right was he wrong to recant it there's still a lot of fans of his book so stay tuned keep it locked we're going to be diving in to that interesting topic today Dating Goodbye. And for those of you who aren't really familiar with the book, so I Kiss Dating Goodbye is a book. Joshua Harris wrote the book in like 1997. And basically, he's just talking about how he found the worldly dating system to be really problematic. So he was trying to introduce a way for like Christians to go against the grain and not fall into some of the dangers of dating and then kind of have like guiding principles about how they should be approaching relationships. So ultimately in the book, he talks about like seven principles of like of 
bad dating and how to not fall into that. But then he also talks about the heart and the spirit behind dating and what how Christians should be looking to treat one another. Um, he introduces this principle of having uh, selfless love where in every interaction that you're having with your brother or sister in Christ, that you are thinking about it from a place of selflessness as opposed to just trying to get what you want out of dating relationships. He also talks about like guarding your heart. He talks about like what your thought patterns should be what your you know interactions with you and the person that you're talking to and your um, church community how you should be interacting with them so he he basically just talks about like the the spirit and the heart behind what your interaction should be with people of the opposite sex yeah and the the reason why this is such a big topic is because the book really took off when he wrote it and essentially created this probably didn't create it, but it it basically made popular this idea of quote unquote purity culture, uh, which is basically a culture of how a lot of Christians or just people in Christendom dated, or at least felt like, you know, how they were directed to date. Um, And really this is something that, I mean, I I read the book randomly when I was like 21. Yeah, I didn't think anyone knew about this book. And then Mm -hmm. I found out actually like a lot of people have read this book. It actually has informed and impacted a lot of people at a really formative time of their life. So for him to recant it is, uh, is a pretty big deal. Yeah, it's huge because I was coming, I came to faith early 2000s. And I think that was around the time where the, the book had kind of cemented itself in the culture, in the evangelical kind of culture. And I got immersed into that culture pretty early on in my faith, being introduced to certain theologians and, and pastors. And so that purity culture was was really kind of heavy in the church. And so I came into the church hearing things like, you know, guard your brothers and sisters' hearts and like, watch how you date and and I think it was in many ways a reaction to a lot of the craziness we see in the dating world um, a lot of the selfishness we see in the dating world but I think Joshua Harris has come to the point that maybe he overreacted to that stuff and he put out a piece of work that probably set up a lot of legalistic tendencies in how to approach dating and in the wrong hands I think it was used to kind of really restrict people's approach to romance. And there have been people who have commented about how, how the book hurt them. And so Joshua Harris, um, he put out a TED Talk. So he, it, it's been a process of a few years, I think, of rethinking the book. This wasn't just a fly-by-night decision to recant the book. I think uh, I, I saw an interview as early as 2016 on NPR where he was kind of talking about rethinking the book. Um, and so it's been a process of him kind of reevaluating, reevaluating his ideas and taking the time. Because, I mean, I, w- I would imagine that rec- recanting a book that sold, I don't know, probably how many millions of copies. Mm-hmm. It was millions <laughs> of copies um, translated in multiple different languages. Yeah. yeah. Worldwide. That's when you know. Yeah. When your yeah. book gets translated, that's when you. Yeah. yeah it, it, was, it was a huge book. So I, I, it could not have been an easy process to come to the conclusion that I was wrong about the central tenet of my book and I need to recant it. But he did a TED talk talking about how 
the whole the purpose of the talk was to give advice on how to come t- to a place of humility admitting that you're wrong um, but he, he talked about the book and he talked about how you know it hurt people and how he needed to recant and now I think there's a documentary that's out as well mm-hmm. talking about it so yeah. I just really wanted to read the statement he put out because this statement was basically him saying I'm now going to take the book out of print mm-hmm. right so it wasn't now that he just thinks it's he just disagrees with the idea i think he's come to the point where he thinks it's genuinely harmful and so just a snippet of the statement he put out a few weeks ago he says while i stand by my book's call to sincerely love others my thinking has changed significantly in the past 20 years i no longer agree with its central idea that dating should be avoided i now think dating can be a healthy part of a person developing relationally and learning the qualities that matter most in a partner so and now and then he ends that statement by basically saying i'm taking the book out of print so yeah and so um i mean the conversation around this book is is pretty huge because really for for harris he was coming up at a time where there was a bunch of different things happening in the country for one uh this is like you know after a bunch of decades of kind of like a lot of traditional community and family structures kind of dissolving or shifting. And so really, if you look at people today, whether they're Christian or not, everyone's still trying to recover and figure out how do we meet spouses? How do you partner with people? How do you build a family? No one really seems to have a great answer in America to do that. And, um, And then secondly, it was also part of really a time where Christian, Christendom, I don't, I want to say that instead of Christians was really responding to the fact that America was a post-Christian nation. Mm -hmm. And so how, how are we going to, how are we going to be in the world when we're kind of like the, the culture doesn't assume that. And so, um, so yeah, I mean, there's so much, there's so much wrapped up in this. Um, and do one of you guys want to maybe define because he's he used a lot of words which are kind of specific to his book define what he means by dating and define what he means by courtship yeah um just to even talk about the the scape that the excuse me the scope that goes along with this book like this book is attributed with introducing the word courting into into culture yeah like from this book people now have defined their interactions as oh i'm courting this person so basically what um joshua harris talks about is like dating is where you are just meeting multiple different people and you're going into it just trying to have fun like you might just be hanging out but you don't have necessarily a commitment to this person and you don't have an intentional decision to see if you will get married to this person you're just spending time together you may be falling into sexual sin there may be um you know physical interactions but you're not necessarily driving towards having some sort of marital commitment whereas courtship is more so defined as a friendship between two christian people who have decided that the intention of our coming together is for us to see if we should end in in marriage yeah and he defined dating as intrinsically flawed Um, dating was not seen as something that could become flawed or depending on who was dating it could be a like a bad thing or it could be a good thing like the book takes the position that the framework of dating 
inevitably leads to it promotes selfishness it promotes putting yourself in situations where you, you you can lead other people along become emotionally bonded before there's any real commitment and obviously end in sexual immorality so he has an intrinsically negative view of dating mm-hmm. and that's what he puts forward uh, so and now he's seemingly changed his mind on that so yeah so basically what you're saying is that he wasn't looking for a better way to date he was saying the institution no. of dating p- was wrong, period. Yeah. And we need and to find I, an and alternative. At one point, at one point in the out. book, he talks about uh, being in a youth group, and there was a pastor who was talking about two people who dated, and that pastor talked about how they ended up falling, falling in sexual sin. Mm-hmm. And the pastor's point was like how they should have avoided sexual sin. But he was t- talking about, in his mind, he was like, why didn't the pastor radically, like, criticized the institution of dating in the first place mm. as the, the thing that led up to them being in sexual immorality. So it's a more gotcha. radical approach to, yeah. to dating. So Okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, that being said, I mean, this is, I read this book at a time where I was 20, 21. I was yeah. trying to figure I out what... I think we've all read the book. At, yeah. Around the same time. Yeah. 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 And, and uh, you know, this was a time where I was you know, trying to figure out what it looks like to apply my faith to my life, but also a time where I was asking a lot of questions about what does it look like to, to date and Mm -hmm. to to build relationships and stuff. And frankly, there's some, there's some stuff, there was quite a lot of stuff that I found fruitful. And so maybe a good place for us to start the discussion would be before we kind of get into his recanting and kind of like what we disagree with the book and kind of where we're on the same page with him. What were some things from the book that you guys found helpful. Yeah, I mean, when I found the book, at, I, I think I was also in my early 20s, um, maybe like 21, I had just made the like decision of like, I am going to follow Christ and I'm going to try to live my life according to the tenets of the Bible. Um, so in coming to find this book, it's like, okay, I'm a young single woman, I'm a Christian, like how do I now interact um, with men in the church? And I think the what I found most fruitful from the book was the idea that I shouldn't be interacting with people out of a sense of selfishness. Like I shouldn't just be trying to get from this relationship. Like I should really be thinking about others. I mean, the Bible says to like think of others more highly than yourself. Yeah. Um, and I think that was one of the major principles that came out. And I mean, there, there's a lot with this book, but it definitely helped me like, you know, to, to, to switch over from some ratchet ways over to some righteous ways. Like there was definitely like put on, put down the mantle of ratchet and put on you know the mantle of righteous like it was just it definitely helped me make that switch um so they that just those the guiding principle of like selfless love was definitely helpful yeah like seeing seeing like my fallingness and knowing where I was when it came to relationships with the opposite sex I was like nah like this is not really good because I had just came out when I I had just came out of like a year relationship my first like open relationship with the guy and we had broken off and I was like heartbroken everywhere and so I picked up this book like and I was like, oh my gosh, like this is the way I should be trying to do things now. Mm-hmm. And I mean, from what I took for it mainly was, you know, the, you know, for God so loved the world that he gave begot- only his, his only begotten son. And so we're supposed to love the same way. Like that was kind of like the main principle that really like um, 
like I anchored, like got anchored to. And like he, he quotes John four, like this is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. And I think taking that as a guiding principle when it comes to relationships is very important and it does radically change how you interact with just people in general. And so for relationships, especially when you get into like things that are going to be pretty intimate, like the deep down, you know, sacred things in your life, you have to be, um, careful with those things and also um very sincere and just very intentional on how you approach um that with someone else and i think that's a great guiding principle when it comes to relationships with someone else yeah man i mean nothing beats the law of love you know jesus said it himself treat others as you want to be treated and i think that principle for so long in the culture has been Lost. I mean, you see so many examples of that. Uh, you listen to all your favorite songs, and it's like, you know, Drake is like, you know, she asks, "Do you love me?" I only say partly. I only, you know. So it's almost. I'm a, raps. I mean, like <laughs> the reality is just this idea of like, I'm with you, but I don't really care. Like mm-hmm. it's just a selfishness that's in right? the culture, mm-hmm. and so coming out of that space where people are always using people like there's the one I'm committed with and then there's the side chick and then and it's just this idea of people are just there for use reading a book like this can be a total breath of fresh air it's like oh my goodness wait a minute like this law of love is supposed to be in the realm of romantic relationships right and I think people kind of theoretically know that but the culture is so toxic that that's just not the everyday experience. It's not and practical. It's not, yeah, it's, it's not, not it's what just we not, do. And people don't, people don't experience that. And so you read a book like this and it's talking about love. It's talking about care. It's talking about not using people. People are coming from a place of heartbreak and the book is really refreshing in that way because mm-hmm. now it's giving you an alternative. Right. Yeah. Right. So. Yeah. 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 I mean, you know, when I, when I kind of heard that this was all going down, and like, you know, people, people were kind of clapping back at Josh Harris or he was really clapping back at himself yeah. Yeah. <laughs> retroactively or something. The I don't know. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, I think it's really easy to like, like pile on or punch down at like Joshua Harris. Yeah, but I mean, sure. honestly, when I, when I read this book, I think the biggest thing for me that was helpful or I found compelling was like this idea that. Uh, there should be a level of intentionality to dating. Right. Mm -hmm. So basically I had never really been introduced to that principle. It was basically like if we're vibing in the moment, let's just continue to hang out more and just see where things go. And the idea of just having some thoughtfulness or even kind of just to bounce off of what you said, even just considering where the other person might be at as opposed to kind of like Mm -hmm. self-preserving yourself and Mm -hmm. always kind of playing chess with like a relationship. Um, yeah, I mean, that was that was kind of revolutionary for me to hear. And yeah. I think especially being someone that didn't have any type of role models and relationships speaking into my life on that topic, I was like, all right, I'm going to scoop this up and hang my hat on it, you know, yeah. because it was like just someone actually giving some sort of guidance in that direction. So, yeah. 
And I yeah. think even the fact that he talks so much about examining your own heart and like no know, knowing what your motivations yeah, like introspection, are. Yeah, yeah, like I think th- that definitely is helpful. And like if you are approaching relationships, you need to know where you are. You need to know like what is driving you, what your motives. And, and I think like that definitely helps you as a person think about why am I entering this sphere? Why am I getting into a dating relationship so that I'm clear hearted and then I don't project any issues or project any of of things that I haven't resolved in my heart onto another person. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. So that was all well and good. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I guess if the conversation ended there, we'd all be in a great space, but Josh Harris could still make money. <laughs> right. Off the, he could still off make money. And but now he got to make money <laughs> off whatever book he got. Right. He, can't in the he wrote a couple books. So he still got some money. Coming <laughs> yeah, no, he's good, in. He's and a documentary, you got to pay for it. Right. Or something more. I think you could watch it for free, okay. maybe as a suggested Support donation. Who knows? Man, but. <laughs> but the reality is that the book was hurtful for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of people talked about the book being not necessarily viewed as a principle that people should follow or maybe, I don't know, eating the meat, separating the bones or whatever the case may be, like the sense of... T- the spirit of the law but that it was actually really legalistic and like it was used to beat people over the head and it was used to set up a, a, an oppressive purity culture so i wanted to i guess we could dive into that and kind of discuss that um and i don't know if we're all on the same page we had a little pre-discussion going and i think people have varying levels of disagreement we literally or, have popcorn so we're so just to stay we're, we're not we're, <laughs> we're, we're all not in a the uh, equal place of disagreement with the book um but we have to talk about the fact that people have disagreed with it so I mean I guess I could start I mean I think as I was rereading the books I kind of re-dove in and I began to just listen to you know just think about certain things and I what I got as I re-read this book is it, it and he mentioned this himself as he was I think it, it may have been in his TED talk um how a lot of this book was written from a place of fear. Mm-hmm. A lot of this book was written from a place of we are in a culture where there's rampant sexual immorality. There is rampant like disres- like people getting their heart broken, all kinds of things taking place. And so how do you curtail all of this from taking place? Let's set up a system that can protect people. Mm-hmm. And while that is an innocent desire it's actually a good desire um it can lead to people sort of uh, it, it can lead to putting in rules and boundaries in place that can actually be harmful uh so for me as i was rereading it you know there was a lots of i don't know i don't want to say fear mongering that's, that's very that's that's too extreme but he he really he, he over and over again he had examples uh, in the book of things happening tragically people mm-hmm. who are in dating relationships and i'm like is this a fair assessment of dating and you know is it always the case that if i'm in a date or going on a date with somebody and i'm alone it's going to lead to these feelings it's going to lead to this heartbreak and maybe he would have said no even at the time but it was just not this fair picture being put forward on dating and some of the benefits that could come from dating and you you come away reading that book approaching 
relating to people, even quite frankly on a friendship level, if, if that friendship level could lead to something romantic, you come away le- feeling like, ah, I have to really question how I interact with the opposite sex, if I have these romantic feelings, if I'm in a dating relationship, there's all this paranoia that can come up. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it created a sense of like, am I, you know, am I disobeying God? Am I in a bad place? Is this, you know, unwise to being a dating relationship? And I think that was, a, in, my, in my assessment, a, like a, f- a fear-based sort of mm-hmm. um, way of approaching dating. Yeah. So. yeah. See, I kind of err on the... The fear no, of God <laughs> is the beginning of wisdom. Okay. 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 All right. Okay. All right. All right, Varney. And so I get it. It's not always a great place to start, but it is a place to start. And if you are truly seeking and pursuing God, eventually you will get to a place in in your maturity where you're able to um, do the whole separating the, you know, eating the meat and spitting the bones. And so for me, I just feel like him making those illustrations, like kind of made his points um like it illuminated those points more for me, you know, mm. to see the seriousness of right. of of these faulty parts of dating, which I was practicing, mm-hmm. and so um, I didn't, I didn't, I don't really see anything wrong. I I can see why in other circles, if that's what you grew up in, and God wasn't really like the center of your life. And I'm, I'm not saying, I wouldn't say center of your life, but it was something that you got from your parents. You know, I think those were the circles so that if it, you grew up in, like a, right, like you a grew Bible up Belt in the church. Culture. It was Bible Belt yeah, culture. Like, a like culture. God wasn't really like this. Faith wasn't really yours. It was something that you kind of inherited. You kind of haven't really chewed up yourselves. I feel like that's sometimes where that pitfall of purity culture being so oppressive that's where you're going to start feeling that way. But for me, it wasn't that. Cause like I didn't grow in that circle, grow up in that type of circle. So me being out there, it was more of me. It like hearing this and reading this was gave me more of the incentive to look at what I was doing in light of what scripture was saying, mm-hmm. you know, not just what Joshua Harris was saying, but what scripture was saying. And so to say that these these things were oppressive. I think it's going a little far, but yeah, I, 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 I'm gonna go that far. I'm a, I'm, I'm a tiptoe into that, like that oppressive state of like, yeah, I'm on the other side of like, like I, I respectfully disagree with you in that, um, saying like, yes, the Bible does say the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom, but he doesn't say the fear of man is to stop you from doing everything in your life. And that ultimately is where a lot of this book um, was used to beat people over the head of like as someone who did go to a church where boys and girls couldn't sit next to each other you couldn't like look at each other if you sit next to a boy you're gonna get pregnant so it's, it's that kind of like fear mongering that they you know tell people like you have to do it this way you have to do it that way um, and while the spirit of Joshua Harris's book is like you should you know think before you act you should examine your heart you should follow the principles of the Bible people took this book and told women like you must dress modestly because you are going to cause your brother to sin if you are dressed in a certain way it is your fault if a man is is lusting after you it is your fault if you 
even look at a man because then now oh, you're 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 automatically sinning with him. Like even the the idea of attraction to a man becomes dirty. And there there have been people who have lived in the purity culture who they stayed quote unquote pure. They didn't date. They didn't you know talk to people of the opposite sex. And then when they got married, they can't have you know fruitful sex in their marriages because they've been they've seen sex as dirty and wrong and interactions with men and women is wrong so there definitely was a lot of oppression that came from the book and a lot of victimization that happened and while it started off from a good place like the people who took this book and then made it gospel made it law they did bind a lot of people they put millstones around people's necks and you know choked them in in a lot of their interactions hmm well, I would agree. See, well, now I would agree. Oh, we got a debate going. Mm-hmm. Okay. I would agree with mm-hmm. your whole, like, with the whole, like, it being oppressive in 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 that space. Yeah, I don't think that you should be doing that with a book and holding it over people's heads and you know thumping them, you know, with it. Um, but I would say, like, looking at the principles and how he set it up. I don't think there was really anything wrong. What people did with it now and how they. Um, interpreted it right interpreted it it and applied it right i think is yeah no don't do that you know the whole like i i don't agree with the whole whatever you wear like you're the reason why this guy is sinning situation Mm -hmm. like i don't necessarily agree with that i don't think that's right but i still don't think the um principles that he had were were inherently wrong he Mm. even says in the book like this I, I agree with most of what the book says, but there, there are parts that definitely give me pause. Like he said, dating can cause discontentment with God's gift of singleness. So it's like, even if I, I can look at that and now, like, even if I want to meet someone or it might be even be the season where God is like, yeah, like you can talk to someone in order to, to get married. But I'm now looking at it like if I even want to talk to someone of the opposite sex, I am going against God's will for my mm. gift of singleness. So even in, in that sense, it's like it's going to stop people from that practice of wanting to enter into maybe godly relationships because like, oh my God, no, if I date someone, I'm going to be discontent and, and then God is going to hate me and I'm, I'm going to be sinning. So yeah. it, it was some of those principles that it, it, it stymied and blocked people from the way that they interacted with others in a healthy place because there was a fear of sinning against God. But I think if you have a relationship with God and you're like, have, you know, if you're in a, like a real deep relationship with God, like, you know that, okay, it's time for me to be able to, it's time for me to go to that place where I am able to talk to someone and pursue this relationship. Now, if you know you're not, then I don't even think you would need a Joshua Harris's book to tell you that you would know with your relationship with God that this is not a place that I should be pursuing right now. I mean, but that that presumes on a sense of like that every person that is in the church has been groomed and cultivated to know what the voice of God is for themselves or what the what that healthy relationship sounds like. If you grow up when in a church where the the authoritative figure in the pastor the the pastor in the front is telling you this is what it is and he's helping you interpret the bible from this lens then you, the way that you are thinking is going to be shaped from the the authority of the pulpit even if you then go and read the bible on your own you're reading it from a lens that is colored from the the people who are 
leaders over your life that are telling you. So there have been a lot of innocent people who grew up in evangelical churches or who grew up in the Bible Belt and they had pastors telling them, you must wear a purity ring or you must go to this purity celebration or you, you know, you must, you know, always do it this way that every single time they read the Bible, they're understanding was colored from what the pastor was saying and they then saw God as not as the loving father that he is but as a dic- dictator well fr- from that quote that that you just read it sounds like instead of making the ultimate evil sin and distorting what God said it made the ultimate evil dating yeah. and therefore it made the gospel don't courtship. date yeah is that so Varley, would you would you agree with that would you agree with that assessment from that quote that that was something that he that it could be interpreted like that oh absolutely i think someone can interpret it that way for Mm -hmm. sure i guess i'm not at a place where i understand people in in those circles because there's like so many unlimited resources out there for you to expand your lens on the gospel that this person on the pulpit does not need to be the authority authoritative person in your life that you view the bible from so why would you let like how could you let that happen if i'm 16 years old i ain't got no choice like if i go to the church that my parents tell me to yeah i think there's a there's a standpoint of this is not even something that a lot of people are taking on for themselves but it's being imposed upon them and so when you have authority figures in your life now taking this book and saying this is how you should do dating you really don't really have a choice and there's some people who could probably willfully take it on and end up being hurt from it if they realize they disagree with it but a lot of people it was kind of something that was being put on them and i and i do you know i kind of more here on the side of what lordis was saying as i read this book there was this like dating is opposed to your relationship with God. Like Mm -hmm. it's a distraction from your relationship with God. Um, And he talked about, you know, his friend, you know, he gives another example here of a a guy named Matt Canlis, um, who was in a relationship with a woman named Julie Clifton. And, you know, God made it clear to Julie that she had to focus on him, on God and not be distracted by Matt. And so he passed up on opportunities to not even be around her, not spend any time with her alone. And then he ends that quote by saying he avoided doing anything that could make it harder for Julie to focus on serving God. Mm. And it was just a sense in which like, okay, I, 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 there's some truth there. I, I could see how if they were in a heavy dating relationship, it could be a distraction or Maybe, you know, I don't know what was going on in her heart. Maybe she wanted to focus on God, but why would it, I, I, the, the necessary understanding of me being around this person, spending time with this person has to automatically lead to this person now being disturbed from their relationship with God. Like if people enter into male, female relationships like that. It, it's no wonder why in certain aspects of purity culture, you see guys on this side, women on this side, because if you guys both want to love God and serve God, and this, there's this idea that these romantic relationships could be a distraction from God, then you're not going to want to interact. You're, you're, you're going to want to separate because you, you have this idea that, okay, well, if I spend time with you, then that means I might end up liking you. And then if I like you, I might want to be in a relationship with you. And that's a distraction from my walk with God. And so I should just love my singleness. And obviously loving your singleness is a good thing. So you can't c- totally condemn certain aspects of this book, mm-hmm. but the propensity to take that 
to uh, totally enlarge sort of, uh, you know, un, 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 unbalanced approach to it, you, you're going to end up with this situation where it's like, I view dating as a distraction. If I'm in a d- dating relationship, it, it could be hurtful and harmful. So, and I think that's kind of a lot of what the book kind of established that had people regretting that they were involved in it or believed it or followed it. All of the stories that he tells, I feel like they have a setup where they're going to have like a final destination ending. <laughs> yeah. like they, they were on a roller coaster holding hands and then the roller coaster flew off. <laughs> and they both died. Yeah. I mean, that's the sense you got. Like, it's just this fatalistic, like, here's all the terrible examples of dating and how it ended horribly. But, you know, I mean, I'm coming from a similar background as Varlene, and I could understand where legit, like, growing up in in just the dating culture that I was in, it was 10 times more jacked up than anything he talked about in that book. Like, like the stuff that we got into when we were... When we were younger, caused a lot of baggage, scars, mm-hmm. wounds, and 100%. hurt. 100%. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I could kind of understand how if you just kind of like picked up the book randomly and you weren't in the Bible Belt and you were just like, here's a book on dating, it's not that harmless. But at the same time, I mean, that wasn't his audience. Mm-hmm. His audience was people in the Bible Belt all day and they took this kid and they propped him up. Right. And there was kind of like that. What that do you have? Do you have that quote on hand about that girl? Yeah. She, so this conversation that this group of people were having about the book, she says um, this was on a panel, right? Yeah. This was like a just I think just a regular conversation just on the recantation of the book and they were asked about their thoughts on his apology and one girl was like it's big like in reference to purity culture it's bigger than joshua harris as a as big as an impact as he did have he was a handsome wholesome popularizer and he is therefore responsible for his influence in spreading the model i don't know how much of the model he's reconsidering if any but i'm a lot more focused on the system that elevated him and would have found someone else to play that role if he hadn't been willing yeah. yeah. So, I mean, the issue is bigger than the book. And I think a lot of people who probably are from this background would say that there was just a culture that essentially idolized marriage, idolized purity. And what we mean by that is that they made that the ultimate thing instead of God. Right. Mm-hmm. And if you're a teenager and you're coming up in that culture and you probably haven't or maybe haven't processed the gospel or understood what your relationship of God is, then you're basically relating to God through these whether or not i'm courting yeah Mm -hmm. which is you know and so i think we could probably all agree that that was something that this added so much fuel to the fire and i think that woman's right i think if it wasn't joshua harris writing this book there probably would have been another another person that wrote the book so um so yeah well this is can't be because it would be like five hours long this isn't a dating 101 like we have the vision for dating we're now going to come off the mountain and deliver it to you guys but i have zero vision sure don't. <laughs> <laughs> clearly <laughs> ain't been doing it right <laughs> um but uh there's definitely a question that's at the center of this book there's a question which is at the center of this conversation which is um you know according to joshua harris in this book Dating is an intrinsically flawed system. And so kind of opening up to your guys' thoughts, is there truth to that? Is that false and dangerous and bad? Is it kind of like half true? Like, what do you guys think? I think it's half true. I might say all the way true. But 
you, you will say or will, you will not say? I'm not going to say. Well, you know, I w- see, I'm going to just keep it 100. The real deep inside me wants to say, yes, dating is like inherently bad. Go ahead, girl. Say it with say your chest. Go ahead. Say it. Say it. So I'm, I'm going to keep it by real. It. Stand but by it. I ain't going to be on that tip because I know it's not practical to not date, you know. Um, so I wouldn't, I, I'm not going to be that person that's just going to be like, no, you can't date, you can't date, you can't date. But, you know, if it was, if you ask me personally, I'm going to say, yeah, because. So would you set up like arranged marriages? That you, yo, I'm with it. <laughs> you know, okay. I think, you know, I don't know. I like to err on the safe side with things. And it's, it's, you know what, it's probably just a very fallen part of me as well, where I just maybe it, it can be based in like my lack of trust in God with certain things. But I think that when it comes to relationships, there's a lot of hurt and pain and and selfish, like selfishness when it comes to dating that I think you really can't avoid, mm-hmm. which is why I think it's um, there's a lot of flaws in it. It's just we can't avoid being fallen people. And so when it comes to um, being with someone emotionally, spiritually, you're going to lead to the physical no matter like no matter what you do. And so, so wait a minute, you're going to lead to physical meaning you think. Is people gonna automatically end up in like sexual relationships? I think it happens. Absolutely. Flag on the play. Anyway. Flag on the play. And to, to, I mean, we. I, I think you have mm-hmm. your your um. What's what's the word I'm looking for? I think you have your exceptions. You know, okay. where people are really intentional about it when it comes to dating and saying I'm gonna be celibate. You know, I think you have your exceptions. I think there are a lot of exceptions, actually. But I'm going to do a generalization that, no, that doesn't usually happen. So the sexual aspects is always something that needs to be guarded. And I think dating doesn't allow for that to happen most so of the you, time. So you are basically 100% in agreement with his premise. And you, you don't think he should have recanted a single thing about this book? I think he should. I think he should, you know. <laughs> like, but like I said, like... I, Just keep like, it real. Like, so like, you feeling it. You so feeling it, you feeling I, it. Because I think we need to be intentional about these things, but it has to be... I think it has to be grounded on, like, a real love for the other... Like, for people, right? And a, sure. a real love for people. So if it's something that you're just doing because I this is the right thing to do, this is what I need to do, you know, then your motivate Like, the motivation behind it it's not it's not sincere it's not real and it's gonna come off very tacky you know what i'm saying but if it's real and is you're really doing it for the love of the person then it's gonna come off a little bit more genuine even if even if it comes off corny it's gonna come off genuine it's gonna come off real and people gonna know your vibes but if it's not then it's gonna come off real tacky it's gonna come off so uh one more question because it's not an interrogation i just wanted to ask you how then, if dating is not supposed to be something that Christians engage in, how do we then and and enter into relationships and enter into marriage? Just because I mean, I made a joke about you know giving you know arranged marriages, but that's we're not in a culture that does that, right? right so, right, right. what is the alternative you would present then? How do people get to know each other? 
enter into some sort of relationship that is, I don't know, maybe courting, I guess. And then I think so. It's, I think uh, learning of someone in community can happen. OK. I don't think we need to be in um, right, one on one. Right. One on one situations. And I'm not saying that's not what I've done it. I've done the one on one. And that's why I say I can't like be all way on the air of no you can't date because i've done it and yes my, i have had relationships that have flourished because of it um but yeah i think it can be done in community i think we can go out together with other friends and other people who are on the same page with us mm -hmm. and learn of that person in that way and then if we do see that, yeah, okay, we're interested in each other or I'm interested and I don't know if he's interested, then I would share, I wouldn't be on the sly or on the slick and just kind of always want to be around this person and be awkward and stuff. You know, being honest and true and doing things in community, I think can really happen. I think when we get in the old, like when we get older, like, you know, in the 20s, 30s, it's like, it seems so in like impractical people got no time i ain't trying to be around a whole group of people all the time it's just to see this one person you know what i mean but okay. i think it can happen and i would i mean i'm not sure but i think right like in biblical times things were done in a community so my mom knew oh boy you know my my brother knew oh boy like everybody knew this person his character who he was so me being interested in him or us coming together wasn't going to be so awkward and it wasn't going to be something so hard to do like in spaces where other people were always around okay Sis, I might need to take your advice because you married out here and I'm single as um, <laughs> so I, I might need to listen to you. But I mean, I just I I disagree. Not. But I'm not. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I mean, I could, but I'm not. But like, I I I agree that Christian couples should interact with one another in community. I think that whatever you do should be done in light. Um, there should be accountability. Your pastor should know. Your church community should know. Your parents should know. Like Somebody should be checking in on you, like what's going on. But I really disagree with the premise that you and I going to get coffee is going to end with, you know, a menage on a table. Like it, it doesn't have to always be that anytime two people are together, they are going to fall into sexual sin. And I think like that's part of the fear mongering that happens. So then you have men and women in the church who don't approach each other or who don't say anything of like, well, I'm just going to hold back my feelings. So even though I'm attracted to this, this person, I'm attracted to this brother, I'm attracted to the sister. I'm not going to say anything because the second that she and I go and, you know, to the coffee shop, we're going to, we're going to sin and we're going to falter. So, I mean, I wouldn't even, I think that whole like going as far as Menage, I don't think that's even the issue. I think the emotional aspects, the the feelings that get involved, that is something to um, be guarded from as well. Like, just I mean, I don't have to fall in love with you because we're sharing a scone. Like, it's not like, oh, like I'm planning my uh, wedding because you looked at me. And you know what? I, I have been guilty of it too. Like, I know that happens, but it doesn't always have to happen every single time. Like, it doesn't have to go there. It can really just be like, you know what? I heard you was cool. Like, let's go see if we could be cool together. And then, okay, nope, now let's go on these community dates because we are feeling each other. Let's get everybody else in. But it don't. It doesn't always have to be sixteen people at TJR Fridays for us to just be like, oh, you know, like, come on. It, it, oh, I think guys do, do the same thing. Um, there's 
uh, there's this movie Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind with Jim Carrey. I don't know if y'all ever saw that, but basically, mm-hmm. like at the beginning of the movie, he's taking a train to Montauk, and he sees Kate Winslet, and the first line of the movie is, "Why do I fall in love with every woman I see who shows me the least bit of attention?" Mm-hmm. Right? And it's like you're on the sub. Like people do that on the subway. Mm-hmm. People do people it. Do that on the sub- but but all that being said, like I don't think the answer to that is not dating. Yeah. I think the answer to that is is really growing in wisdom, growing in kind of like maturity to be able to process dating in a way that's that honors God and honors the other person. I mean, but the big problem is, and you alluded to this, is that dating wasn't an institution when the Bible was written, so the Bible's silent yeah. on it. But mm-hmm. I don't think it therefore institutionalizes courtship. Mm-hmm. I just think that now we have to do the hard work of wrestling through what is God? How would God have a state? Yeah. What's wise and unwise in the situation? Right. Um, one thing I thought about, and this is like my recent thoughts, so I'm not even going to teach this as gospel, but a, a reoccurring kind of critique on dating that he put forward was what you mentioned, Varlene, the emotions that come up and the potential for heartbreak. And that is this sort of premature giving of yourself to people and that could lead into real and true hurt when the dating relationship doesn't uh, go through and to me I was like that's true and good and and obviously we want to be wise about entering into bad relationships that could that's almost inevitably going to lead into hurt like there are situations that are very clearly not going to be good for certain people so I, I certainly think not every dating situation is equal. Um, but the re- the reality is that heartbreak is something that is inevitable. And I would say even if something ends in marriage, there could be heartbreak in the relationship, heartbreak in the marriage. And so this this idea of wanting to protect yourself from heartbreak, I'm wondering if that is something that is really sort of this a result of a culture that really sees its own happiness and self-preservation as ultimate mm. because the reality is that I don't I don't know if we often have a biblical view of pain and heartbreak mm. and how God uses pain and heartbreak and how pain and heartbreak can actually be good things and can remind us of the one who is supposed to always be our all in all and so I've been and I speak from my own experience because I have been let down by pursuit of women before and had a tremendous amount of heartbreak and have had to wrestle with closing myself off emotionally and that sort of thing. And it's because no one wants to get their heart broken. That's just makes sense. Like no one obviously walks into heartbreak, but the reality is that I don't know if you get to a place where you're always trying to protect yourself from heartbreak, you could be closing yourself off to something good. And I don't even know if that's something that's even possible to do. Like heartbreak and disappointment happens. And I would say that heartbreak might actually end up being a good thing, something that is used. So used by God. So my, my point there is I, I'm, I'm not so f- I, I'm, I wasn't with Joshua Harris's fear that we need to be avoiding this heartbreak. Like I'm not sure, so sure that's something that should always be avoided as he put it in the book. So that's some of my thoughts as I was processing through what he wrote. But yeah, what I mean, about heart, but I feel like it, okay. heartbreak in the realm of pursuing romance outside of commitment. 
Okay. Well, I would say I do think that if you are averse to the idea of commitment in general, then I think you shouldn't be dating. I would agree. Like if you're someone who has no desire to get married, you ain't looking for quote unquote the one, then you're, you're entering into dating relationships haphazardly and that just could lead to a lot of needless heartbreak. Mm-hmm. But if you are, if you have that honest intention of commitment, the reality is that you could, you, you could set up the most like I've seen some of the most thoroughbred like people coming from Christian homes love mm-hmm. Jesus they seem like a perfect fit and it ends in heartbreak like it's almost uh, it, unavoidable I've seen people get married and it looked like their marriage was great and they had every reason to get married and then it ends in divorce and so when does it end like when yeah. does trying to prevent yourself from heartbreak end because theoretically we don't know the future right yeah. any th- relationship can end in heartbreak yeah i think that reminds me of like god in the bible he says that i'm close to the brokenhearted and like love ultimately is an act in vulnerability yeah it, like you cannot pursue love without yeah understanding like there is a good chance that I can be hurt and that message is in the in the gospel like Christ pursued us and then we crucified him like yeah. he we're he, breaking he, God's heart all, all the, the time. time and he shows that like the, when you put yourself out there for someone there is that great chance that they can be vulnerable like I have um there's this poem that I love um by W.B. Yates uh, the cloth of heaven and he says I have spread my dreams under your feet tread softly because you tread on my dreams and there there's that idea of like I'm putting forth like the you know my heart I'm giving you this part of myself and I'm asking you to be careful with it but he the author also understands there's that risk of like because I've given you that you could stomp all over my dreams and you can stomp all over my heart Mm. but I don't know that that's like saying like I never am going to get hurt if that is like even being fully human or actualizing that sense of like self and like fully truly loving because to love is to be vulnerable and possibly open up yourself to hurt I know like the Bible also says to guard your heart but at the same time it doesn't say put Fort Knox around your heart mm, bars. <laughs> okay mm. Lord is dropping major keys um, this is <laughs> <laughs> so thinking about this thing and thinking about what you know, Joshua Harris's recantment, I think a really good takeaway is, is it's important to really not put yourself out there until you've really thought through a lot of things. I mean, he wrote this book when he was a young man. And I always think about Tim Keller's um, advice that you should only be writing book, books in your 50s. Now, I'm not sure if I totally agree that you should <laughs> wait till you're 50 to write a book. But there's wisdom in this idea that, you know, I, I always think about God's admonition to teachers like before you become a teacher you should think because you're going to be judged harsh harshly right this Mm -hmm. idea that you know you you speak on things authoritatively and it could potentially lead people astray it could be hurtful it could be harmful yeah you know so and, and it's good for joshua harris to be owning up to that and recognizing that you know for a lot of people whether it's actually what he wrote in his book or how people interpreted the book or used the book for him to be owning up to that is a good thing but i think it just serves as 
anyone who is content create who's involved in content creation people who are involved in shaping people's ideas that could even be a, a, a something that we think about as, as a podcast that as we present our ideas that it should be well thought out should be prayed over because we don't want to be leading people astray we mm-hmm. don't want to cause unnecessary hurt unnecessary harm um, and it's uh, you know God gives grace for us to repent and be open about the ways we have misled others whether intentionally or not but it is a good reminder to really be thinking about like d- don't don't starve for the platform so much yeah yeah. you know what yeah. I mean like the starving for the don't platform don't chase the clout don't change the, chase the clout you know because he, he he talked about in his TED talk he was young he was ambitious he was zealous and those things kind of led him to writing a book and now he's got to kind of recant and take it back right so that's a good lesson for us like before you are you know eager to put yourself out there you know, to really think it through, run your ideas by people, you know, think in processing community. And look, that's, that doesn't mean that you're, it's a foolproof plan. You might just have to say something and take it back, but all in all having that humility to do so is important. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Yeah. And, and, you know, for, for those of you who are listening in, um, and you are maybe new to this discussion or this is the first time you've come in contact with this book or maybe you're in a place where we were in our early 20s where we were just trying to figure out dating. This is by no means a comprehensive discussion on dating from scripture. I mean, it's pretty much not that at all. This is definitely very much an in-house conversation, which we're glad that you guys are listening into. But, um, you know, if, if you are looking for good resources, um, TMZ actually just ran this article where they saw Justin Bieber walking out of a building with Meaning of Marriage by mm. Tim Keller. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and let me tell you something, that book wow. is actually fire. Mm. Uh, Shouts out to the Bieber. Shouts to him, man. Yo, I be joking about hey, him, but he's like a really, he really a believer out here. Those kids, those kids, I hope they, I hope they make it. But, um, but, you know, I found that to be a great resource. I don't know if you guys have any suggestions that you want to throw down. Oh, Momentary Marriage by John Piper is pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, it yeah. tells you how to pursue relationships. No, I mean, you just going to recommend I Kiss Dating Goodbye because <laughs> in your opinion, ain't that wrong Okay. Like, yo, I recommend you read Joshua Harris's I Kiss Dating Goodbye. You can't find it no more. So if you yeah. want the book, hit me up, son. I got it on my Kindle, all right? Yeah. Yo, they ain't selling them anymore, but yo, if you talk to Marlene, she's got them on the I'm black sure market. I'm sure I can find she my copy e-books. with all my highlights in it. <laughs> you got to meet her. She is, now the, she is now the plug for that book. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wow. Oh, man. Yeah, I think um, just it, admiring his humility, I respect the fact that he was big enough to say, like, yo, like, I was wrong. Where, like, all the ideas in his book might not necessarily be wrong, but he definitely is a model for a, a lot of the church to follow. Of Like, I put forth thoughts and I put forth things that, impacted other people so i repent of it um which the you know evangelical church might yeah, want to follow white, suit the white evangelical white space. evangelicals yeah you know how at your boy joshua harris yeah <laughs> like just take back the whole statement on social justice and the gospel <laughs> just a lot of stuff needs to be recanted yeah. in that space <laughs> all right guys so thank you for listening in we appreciate your time Hope that you guys continue to just be blessed of God. This is Bryant, the Theological Giant, signing out. This is Lord Des, the Principal, a.k.a. the Woman with Principal. Varlene, the Wild Thornberry. And the Young Nassau County. All right, we'll see you in the next one. Peace.